0: Hello there. This is Johnny Silvercloud, and um, this is the soul brother and one of a kind doing the uh, podcast hashtag Afro And today we are here to talk about surprise, surprise, the election season that just that just that just transpires, so to speak. So, for those who have been living on a planet that's named that's not named after Roman or Greek gods. Donald Trump has won the United States presidency, so now we're looking at um, Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, presidential president presidential candidate elect, and um, Hillary Clinton lost. The Democrats lost, and the Republicans won. And one of the things I've noticed is it's a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot of things being noticed, but a lot of people are taking things hard. A lot of people are. Also, trying to lay blame on um, people here and there, left and right. I've heard of folks saying, "Well, it's the black folks because they didn't go out and vote for Clinton," or um, which is which doesn't make that much sense. Folks saying, "Well, it was the protest votes who voted for Jill Stein or Gary Johnston, or folks wrote their own names in. They're the ones to blame," and uh, I think that's also equally as flawed. Yeah, so uh, I-, I think that. The, bl- the blame lies on um Clinton and the Democrats as an institution versus actually blaming others well you can blame those who vote for Trump too but I want what I want to do here is more so evaluate how and why the Democrats lost why did Clinton lose so um what's your take on all of this uh Steve
1: uh yeah so it's You know, you got to set the the framework to understand why the Democrats screwed up so bad in this election, right? You have — there is — on both sides of the aisle, on your Republicans and your Democrats, there's this huge populist movement in the country that is anti-establishment, anti-government, anti-corporate. You know, just everything that is the way it is, people are trying to buck it, and they're not happy with the system. That's what people are walking into. and. Between our two candidates, you had one who is just the pinnacle of everything that that represents. Thirty years in government, bought, um, bought out by big donors, been a politician, speaks like a politician, and you had a person that uh, is a racist and and a sexist, but he is not part of that system, and. If they had just put somebody else up against Donald Trump that was also not as ingrained in that system, they would have won. There were polls out just before um, the election, and I just saw another one today that showed that if Bernie Sanders had been the nominee, uh, someone else who was also trying to buck the trend, he would have crushed Donald Trump. The unfortunate thing is the only outsider, the only non-establishment candidate that was an option was Donald Trump. And so uh, the Democrats knew that. And yet, but it was in their mind, it was Hillary's turn. And they had to make sure she was the candidate. And that's what they, that's the way it played out as a result.
0: Let me talk a bit about um, what you said there about um, Bernie Sanders' um, anti establishment. I do believe that that is a factor. One of the factors of Hillary Clinton losing is that she's more so establishment type as a matter of fact um you heard me say this more than once i accused hillary clinton largely of trying to be a diet republican or republican 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 light so to speak because it seemed like she didn't really want to truly be a liberal or at least um engage in liberal or progressive values while campaigning she seemed like a, an empty hat empty suit and it looked like she wanted to be An option for Republican voters who did not want to be racist or sexist she did not foresee if that was her strategy which looks like it was she didn't foresee the notion of Republican voters who are decent or semi-decent whatnot she didn't see the foresight of maybe they'll just blow off the racism sexism or not see it period pretend it's not there and then vote for Trump you know anti-establishment thing I, th- I think that is a serious reason why she lost and on top yeah. of that looking at um bernie sanders i'll have to agree that that i have to agree at the notion that he would have won because you have donald trump being anti-establishment that's like a really huge plus for him bernie sander has the same thing so at that point these two these two you know identities equal out you know they're on equal platform so from there Bernie Sanders would force Donald Trump to talk about policy, which is his weak point. That's, I mean, he don't know what the fuck he's doing. So I do believe that Bernie Sanders would have won, because Bernie Sanders, unlike Donald Trump, he has substance. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a plan for how he would, he would uncorrupt the government. Donald Trump has no <laughs> plans whatsoever. In fact, I, I doubt he has any intentions of, of doing anything like that. Um, so he probably intends to maintain a lot of the system that is. So yeah, Bernie Sanders would have come. Plus, he wouldn't have been saying, Bernie Sanders doesn't say derogatory things against large groups of people. So that's another plus form. But I will take—I will say that it wasn't just Hillary Clinton that took this kind of Republican light approach to things. That is the core of the Democratic Party now. The core of the DNC and the Democratic Party is Republican light. That is who they're aiming to be. They don't want to be progressive. So Hillary Clinton wasn't doing her own thing when she tried to push that agenda. That is the Democratic Party now. That is their p- policy position. So, they could not understand why all these other voters that were more to the left of the Democratic Party weren't happy. They're like, we're right where we're supposed to be. We are republican light, and the Republicans are are extra extreme. So, why isn't everyone happy? Well, they're not happy because you've disenfranchised everybody to the left of you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. I mean, well, maybe not literally. They have to actually be sitting to the left of them, but, (laughs) you know, you get the idea. Yeah, um... Shit, man! I'll have to agree. You're you're right. That that has been the Democratic Party ever. I'll say ever since past the Civil Rights Movement, you know, um, ever since past Jimmy Carter, they've been they've been trying to be Republican Republican light ever since probably the first Clinton. Um, What what Clinton did? One of the things that Clinton did to seal the notion that Democrats can be presidents too in this modern day and age was visit this um, this, exec- this prison execution with this guy who was kind of retarded or something like that and um, watch him die. And uh, that was like a really cold-blooded thing to do. The guy the guy that he, that he watched, the guy that got executed that day that he watched, um, the guy actually ate his last meal and saved part of it like saying, well, I'm, I'll save that for later. So this guy didn't even have the capacity to understand that he was being sent to his doom, yet Bill Clinton felt, that, felt the need to, uh, ensure that, you know, to ensure that people figure that he's tough on crime. And then on top of that, the, uh, the crime policies that he had in the 90s that largely targeted uh, blacks and, my, and other uh, ethnic minorities in the United States. So from there, ever since Clinton's success there, um, that has been the Democrats' way of uh, operating, and it's deeply unfortunate. Because Democrats are usually called liberals, left and right, and stuff like that, but they're really not that liberal at all. At least the establishment is not. Is the Democratic Party a possible spot for liber- for liberalisms and progressives and stuff like that? Um, yeah, but do they do the establishment prefer that or agree with it? No, they don't. They wish to be Republican-like, and I have I have to say, yeah, Clinton is uh, she's a, like she's like a solid face of that, and it's not exactly her fault. Well, it's not her alone. So I'll, I'll reel that part right there. With that being said, disenfranchising the progressives and stuff, let's talk about this negative identity thing. You remember when I brought that up on how Hillary Clinton and Democrats as a whole, generally speaking, they wish to be, They they, t- they try to characterize themselves as, well, I'm not those guys over there. And those guys over there are the Republicans who have no problem playing in mud, being repugnant and being, you know, catankerous and, you know, shitty towards minorities and stuff like that. Racist, biggest, xenophobes, sexist, xenophobia, all forms of xenophobias and shit. So what's your take on that and negative identity thing?
1: Well, yeah, Hillary Clinton really tried to play on that in this case, and I wouldn't falter for that. Um, it, it was a bad move overall for, for a number of reasons, but to say, like, hey, at least I'm not this orange puppet over here, you know, vote for me, you know, you can... That seems like, on the surface, uh, a way a way to go about doing it. But the thing is, is, you're still saying, I'm not this racist guy over here. I'm something different that you also hate. Maybe <laughs> hate it in a different way, but at least I'm not that kind of thing that you hate, I'm a different thing that you hate. And she played up on that too. If you look at the ways that she tried to go about winning the primaries, uh, whether or not you accept that as being legitimate or illegitimate of a win, she, she uh, <laughs> there's a lot of questionable things there. you know. Every time Bernie Sanders would would try to rile up the public and get the progressives motivated, he got out tens of millions of people that were progressive to vote. The response from the Clinton campaign was, whoa, 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 calm down. We can't really do that. I don't know why you're getting so excited. Just chill out. You know, I'm the more average candidate. You should go for me because this whole excitement thing just isn't gonna work. That was her campaign's tactic during the primaries. Like, stop. her campaign slogan was stop being so excited. Right. And so that carried into the carried into the general election where she's like, yeah, I'm going to give you an average normal presidency like you've always had, which you hate. But at least it's not racism and sexism, which you also hate. So you're left with these people having to choose between which thing they hate more or less.
0: Yeah. Uh, Each time I talk about the negative identity thing, I try to use um, the example that is uh, where people, which it'll really click. And, uh, which will really click, like, and uh, my favorite example, or not favorite, but get the idea. My my example is um, rape. So if a woman just got raped and you have a guy who actually is a rapist, you have the guy who is the not rapist, but he watched this person get raped and he's totally, he's pretty much fine with it. Like he just lets it, he lets it happen and everything else. Watched it occur, did nothing. And his whole thing is, well, I'm, I'm the not rape this guy. Would that really fly? Well, probably not. I mean, I'll, I sincerely hope it wouldn't. So um, that's what it's like when it when it comes to Clinton. You know, um, we have all this racism. We have all this, all these forms of xenophobia, attacking Mexicans and stuff like that. You have um, black folks and other minorities being shot left and right by cops. These cops don't see any any prison time. They, they go out into these communities in which they inflict more terror like holy crap I get stopped by a car I don't know if I get shot or not that's nuts you know um no, no 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 group of people in any first world nation should have to deal with that fear but yeah. I mean, this this actually does exist and you have groups like say Black Lives Matter which attempted to talk to her and they fell on like you know solid concrete ears because she, she just couldn't Figure out, like, hey, maybe possibly to procure these votes, I can answer their problems. When politicians assume they have someone's vote because they're not vitriolic towards that one group, it gets problematic because people will get tired of it. You know, we will get tired of it.
1: Yeah, I would take your analogy one step further in this case as to what Hillary Clinton is. She's not the not-rape person in this case. She is she is someone that has been going door-to-door door robbing people's houses, but then when she's caught, says, at least I didn't rape anybody like that guy. I've just been stealing out of people's houses, right? That's That's what I would say is the negative identity because it's not like she was— um, neutral and just didn't take action she does take action takes a very negative action towards the populace
0: oh yeah damn yeah I'll, I'll have to uh, agree with that one definitely
1: man I
2: think probably uh, a, a lot of the problem is to be honest Hillary Clinton I mean you know I said at the start of this and don't get me wrong I kind of came around on am part of this um, you know for reasons I can explain you know as, as I go on but uh, part of the problem is Hillary Clinton um, I think she represents um, you know I said it at the beginning of the whole process there's an awful lot of water under the bridge between me and Hillary you know <laughs> there's there's a lot that's gone on and you know without uh, without subscribing to a lot of the things that uh, the conservative commentators have, have you know constantly harped on against Hillary for the last 30 years you know um, her her way, her her methodology, the way she, um, you know, her, her, let's go back all the way to, to 1992 in her, her healthcare plan. You know, her answer was to expand the bureaucracy to create this enormous, you know, did you remember the the, the great visual of this enormous flowchart that, you know, where she tried to explain, there, there's a... And I'll have to find it and see if I can post it later in the in the group. Um, there's this amazing photo from television in 1992 where Hillary is standing with a pointer trying to explain this enormous and crazily complicated flowchart of how this proposed healthcare system uh, was supposed to work, and nobody in the room. There are some really smart people in the room. Nobody in the room got it. <laughs> you know and ultimately that's why you know and she's very bitter that it failed because nobody took the time to understand it but some people you know sometimes things are too complicated for for people to understand uh and that's been a um, a kind of a theme with hillary clinton is that uh you know maybe she's really good at what she does but sometimes she doesn't register with people and you know i i think maybe she doesn't connect with people they don't get excited about her um uh, they don't um they don't relate to her, and while that's a horrible uh, criteria by which to choose a president, it's it's the truth, and, and it's how people do, you know. And that's just you know, and that's not all. But I don't want to you know, dominate the microphone here for a minute. I want to yeah. throw it back to you guys and see what you think about that.
0: Yeah, what's your take on that, uh, Steve?
1: Oh, I think that's true. Relatability is a, a key factor here, but again, I think it goes back to uh, what I was saying a little bit ago: was that uh, she she's overly pragmatic in the way she presents herself and her ideas which is which is why i said that like everything with this this the during the primaries with bernie sanders as he was trying to be inspirational and getting people riled up her her campaign response was always whoa, whoa, whoa let's, let's calm it down here that's not realistic let's be let's be more pragmatic and realistic i can't that's not and that attitude is not how you garner votes right and so that that relatability aspect
0: it's not how you defeat Trump or combat or defeat yeah. Trump either, because now she went against Jeb Bush, I can totally picture her picture that working. But she wasn't.
1: No, no. And, you know, that's a good point, too, because Trump especially um, was gaining his votes based on a lot of raw emotion from people. And she couldn't steal that emotion away from them. Uh, in a lot of ways and again it's part of that's because she's very representative of a very ingrained establishment government versus someone on the outside but if she was more relatable more charismatic she might have been able to get some of that emotion directed toward her but she couldn't really do that
0: yeah um a while back ago i was uh you know like equal opportunity office guy and i'll talking to the guy who's above me you know my boss in it and, of course, I'm smarter as far as psychology part of it, but he's better at the the bureaucracy part of it. And I was explaining to him how, you know, we can use logic and reason to to uh, correct racism and sexism, things like that. He and I pointed out how those who are racist and sexist usually make emotional appeals. He pointed out the fact that the thing about emotion, you can't just... Throw away emotion totally because emotion makes people do things. So emotion drives yes. action. Logic just drives the, the why so should be the why behind the action. But logic in itself is not going to drive folks to the to the polls, in her case.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I think uh, uh I think probably Stephen could could speak better than this than me but if you look on the I, th- I remember from from way back in my schooling a pyramid uh, type di- diagram of how people respond to different emo- uh, different uh, appeals and I'm pretty sure that an emotional appeal is is lower toward the, the base level of response than a logical appeal you have to get past the emotion for a logical appeal to 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 re- to register with people and, <clears throat> and you know correct me if I'm wrong here but uh, you know if people are being by emotion you're never getting to the logical center of, of how they make decisions is that correct you know I, and um i think that uh, there was a lot of that particularly in the last week or two of the campaign i think um one of the things that i'm you know most certain about is that uh, a, you know I, I took a look at a stat the other day that said that uh a, Hillary Clinton drew almost 10 million less voters than elected Barack Obama in 2012. Um, And those were Democratic voters. Those weren't Republican crossover voters because we all know Barack Obama didn't have a lot of crossover voters. Um, What I do think is that in the last week of the campaign, a combination of things that attacked uh, Hillary Clinton's credibility and her um, integrity caused, you know, any, first of all, the, 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 um, the reference by Director Comey about the emails, bringing it up at the very last minute, just when it looked like that had been overcome, uh, appealed to anybody who, you know, was kind of holding their nose and voting for Hillary because they didn't like Donald Trump. And then the really heavy shot was the WikiLeaks drop. When, and and you'd be surprised which one it was. I think it was the I think it was the WikiLeaks drop where they dropped the email about um, the the Democratic primaries having been kind of taken away from Bernie Sanders. And I think a lot of Bernie Sanders or was a lot of the vote of the voters who stayed home didn't turn out, uh, were Bernie Sanders voters who were going to hold their nose and vote for Hillary. A lot of them, but then when they realized their candidate had you know maybe had that that. <clears throat> election stolen from they said so, you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna support her anyway you know we, we really don't like trump but man i think that that last minute appealed to their emotional response of hey we had we had this stolen from us after all it was a huge effect
0: and steve you think um the emails thing that uh fbi director did um did some damage to her
1: yeah, yeah, I did. You know, uh, so Tim, Tim is correct. You know, you got to that, that emotional appeal thing. In order to get to the logical reasoning, you have to. What, what happens is that people take their the position that they're at, which is not, which is not well thought. A person's position is just where they stand. There's it doesn't deal with the motivations for it or the whys. That position where they stand at becomes. Uh, ideological in the sense that it becomes part of their identity. So when you question that position, it's the same thing as telling a person, standing in front of a person saying, you're a bad father, you're fat and ugly. That same type of like aggressive emotional response you get to that gets attached to these positional ideas too, because you extend your identity around that idea, or in some cases that person. And that happened in both Trump's case with his voters, who no longer needed a reason because their identity was attached to Trump. And it also happened with Bernie Sanders voters. I, I can attest to this to some extent. Um, happened to Bernie Sanders voters, uh, when, especially when they found out he was disenfranchised. Well, you haven't just attacked Bernie Sanders, you've attacked the personal identity of all those people that were supporting him too. Uh, and so getting past that to the more logical argument I to say like, hey, really lesser of two evils here it it couldn't get past that for a lot of people that i know Mm.
0: um one point i want to bring up i read an article somewhere it was like pretty it was pretty solid one point that one point that uh that i like to bring up is the fact that in many cases when you have uh when you have an incumbent to worry about people tend to moderate ever since televised media presidential campaigns People tend to go for the total opposite to the eight-year incumbent. Well, eight, the eight-year president, who does not, no need for incumbency. So when there's an open, when the president's, the presidential campaign, well, I'm sorry, the president's, uh, when the presidential seat is an open void, people tend to go to, ever since televised media, people t- tend to go to the most opposite candidate. So, the person had to be like it. obama regardless and this is another reason why i think bernie sanders will win to include even joe biden who also is um like m- more of a establishment person than than uh then bernie is by far but even joe biden himself would have won against trump because he is opposite of president obama black no he's white um young no he's old you know, is he is he the cool headed guy? No, he's the hot headed, you know, crazy uncle guy. So so Joe Biden would have been a, a perfect selection if so if the Democrat if the DNC wanted to uh have an establishment candidate. But here's the thing though, looking back in history, you look at um who was before Kennedy, Eisenhower. So you have this old grandfatherly guy versus this, you know, young new hotness. Um what else? What else? We can keep them going on like all throughout, you know, televised presidencies. Well, people um, we'll tend to go yeah. towards the, the person that's nothing like the last guy.
2: Well, going back all the way that far, you know, you have Kennedy replacing, you know, Eisenhower, who was, you know, Eisenhower was the wartime president. He were, really, really re- reaction to the wartime thing. He was a war hero. Uh, People trusted him. Uh, People, you know, Eisenhower was was cut out to be a president. Really, once, you know, once he won the war, you know, World War II, he was was born to be the president at that point. Um, And then, you know, Kennedy represented a generational change. And of course, then Kennedy was shot and was replaced with, you know, Lyndon Johnson as vice president, who was, you know, Again, as far as as uh, as far as you could be the opposite at that point, you know, with all presidents being, you know, white males. Well, that's, well, um, that's his vice, so that was, like, by his selection. Sure. When but then, employed. you know, if, and then when you the, look at who succeeded Johnson, it is Richard Nixon, who was the person they didn't choose in 1960 when Kennedy was elected. And then... It was opposite of LBJ. Yeah, you know, sure. He was, you know, very much opposite of LBJ. And then, of course, we didn't get to pick you know, entirely. The next president after that, Gerald Ford succeeded him based on, you know, his resignation. So you know, when that came about and then, um, you know, Jimmy Carter was a one-term president, the only time in modern history since the advent of television that a party has repeated it to, you know, has succeeded a two-term president with another president was uh, the first George Bush after Ronald Reagan. and I think that was more of a, an extension of of the power of the Reagan Revolution than anything. Uh, that was an anomaly. That's not
0: well. Like, no, 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 no. no. Really uh, George, well, hold on quick. George Bush sure. was the uh, was head of the CIA. He was a mm-hmm. geek, a nerd, a very sight like a very reticent guy. Mm-hmm. You know, weak voice. That's Meanwhile. Uh, okay. Reagan was an actor. He knew how to... Very um, charismatic to Crowds, charismatic. Yeah, so, yeah, there's still there's still this, op- yeah. like this so opposite. So even though they're
2: head. the same party, I, okay, I, I follow here. You know, I see yeah. they're, they're opposites in personality, even though they're of the same party and of the same ideology. That that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, because um, Biden would work, as I said, and they're, you know, same party as Obama and
2: Clinton. And I think you can see all over Joe Biden's face at this point that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that he knows, and uh, and I feel bad for Uncle Joe because you know the, the reason he didn't run was because he lost his son at about the time when it would have been right to declare, and uh, oh, yeah. he didn't feel like he was emotionally ready after the death of his son. And I feel really bad for Uncle Joe right now because he knows that his son probably would have preferred him, you know, to have done that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what's your take so, on that, uh, Steve? I think I'm something with that.
1: No, it's definitely an opposite thing. It's, it's a, it's a strategy that the other side uses. That's why they always try to cast, uh, if, if, In Obama's case, they try to cast the new person as being the shadow of the former president. It's always the shadow of the former president. They're just going to continue the legacy of the last president. They're not going to have their own unique presidency. It's going to be more of the same. So it's actually a a tactic that they use to say, yeah, you do want the opposite thing and it's not this person because they're just going to be the exact same thing again. So yeah, definitely that there's there's that kind of quality. That, because there's always going to be things no matter who the president is, on both sides they're going to do things that you're not happy with uh, or things you don't agree with. So you say, all right, I need something different. Um, but you're real. You're only given two dichotomous options, and that that kind of bipolar system makes you have to go toward the opposite direction rather than having you know the options. You've either got one or the other so if you're on one side you have to go the opposite
0: yeah all right so uh, since we identify some all of these problems um what do you where do we go from here what do the democrats do to fix this what can they do to to actually win and i, I don't and not just well let's wait out trump i mean actually win-win do you think they'll do they'll, you, do you think that they'll learn from this mistake their mistakes here
1: well, no, that's, I think there's two questions there. Like, what will they do and what should they do are two very different questions. What will they do is almost nothing. Uh, they'll probably continue okay. exactly down the same path. In much the same way that the Republicans did their, their what they call it, their self-autopsy, and then, then took none of the results into account and continued the way they did before, the Democrats are probably going to do the exact same thing. Right? What they do need to do is clean house. Right, uh, They need to, they need to get, rid of, get rid of a lot of the DNC, a lot of the incumbents, and they need to focus back toward, like I was saying before, that what defines a, a traditional Democrat now is a Republican light. That's what a Democrat is, and they need to steer that back in the opposite direction. They need to go back towards a more progressive left agenda, activism. and they need to put people in place at the DNC and, and across the party that represent that. Fighters. Yeah, people yeah. people who give a real left option.
2: Um, <clears throat> I don't feel like Hillary Clinton was, you know, and it's weird to say that because I know Republicans. I've criticized Republicans a lot over the last eight years for having moved so far right that they've alienated really the center. But there really doesn't seem to be like a counterweight to pull it back together. Uh, it seems like we'll, we'll we we do not want to, you know, as, as a as a left leaning. You know, organization. We don't want to, to commit to being leftist because we've succeeded, or the, the Republican Party has succeeded over the last 30 years in making the word liberal into a dirty word. Um, I strongly agree with Stephen that um, the DNC needs to clean house. Um, now, do I think that? Let me back up a little bit. One of the reasons that the Bernie voters are so upset is because they get this uh, this element of unfairness. Uh, oh, our guy wasn't treated fairly, he wasn't given a 50-50 shot to win. Well, that's not how real politics worked in the past. It's going to be how it works in the future, and bear with me for that. But that's not how politics has worked over the last 50 to 100 years. Look, Bernie voters have to understand that Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. He's never spent a day raising a dime for the Democratic Party. He's never can he's never campaigned one day for a down ballot candidate in the for the for the Democrats. He's, he's never not. no, not one. Never. He's independent. He's never been a Democrat. On the flip side of that, he he was not a Democrat. He's an independent in the Senate. He returned to the Senate as an independent after he ran for president as a Democrat. He did not ever at any point join the Democratic Party. He's not a Democrat. On the flip side of that, mm, Hillary no. Clinton spent the last 40 years As a Democrat, campaigning for Democrats, raising money for Democrats, promoting the Democratic Party, everybody in the Democratic Party structure owes something to Bill or Hillary Clinton. Why on earth would you think, looking at it that way, why would you think that Bernie Sanders could just walk in on the day of the the Democratic primary and get the same kind of consideration from the Democratic Party that Hillary Clinton—of course it was rigged for Hillary. She spent 40 years earning that. But that's not how politics is going to work going forward. That's not how this new generation works. And the Democrats are going to have to clean house, if for nothing else, than to get rid of that element and to, to create a Democratic Party that is actually a meritocracy, because that's what young people expect, whether it's actually fair or not. The truth is, I don't think Bernie was treated was treated with disrespect or, or with unfairness by the Democratic Party at all. If he had spent 40 years building the Democratic Party, then he'd have a cho- uh, a case. But he didn't spend 40 years building the Democratic Party of America the way that Hillary Clinton did, and therefore doesn't deserve their deference the way that she did. And that's not something that's going to be a valid viewpoint going forward, but I completely understand that viewpoint. What's your take on that, Steve?
1: Uh, It's a really good point that I I hadn't considered, which is that you know, the and a lot of it comes down to the transparency of the new generation, right? Is that you know, primaries in and of themselves are relatively new advent in in our democracy and so democracy is always evolving generally to be more and more open more and more transparent and the, the whole primary system as a whole as i said is since it's relatively new is still evolving also and so it makes sense that there's now this generational transition that needs to happen uh, and that's primarily the reason why i think that a lot of the dnc needs to get out because you know you can't you, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so they can't walk into DNC and say, all right, we're not going to do things the way we've done for the last 40 years. We now really do need to do things based on pure merit. Like everybody wants, you got to put people in there from the beginning that see um, politics in that fashion. And that's not going to be anyone that's there now.
0: Yeah. I, I have a lot of ideas that when the Democrats need to do um, to, in order to win, like how winners should be winning, one thing that the Democrats did, well, I'll say Clinton and then what they did was um, they, tried to, they tried to play the same game Trump played with the media, where Trump was like, you know what? You said bad things about me, so I'm not going to show up on your stuff. And people like O'Reilly was like whining, like, no, he won't come to our show, uh, you know. And Trump was able to pull that off because he, I guess he gave, gave folks some crazy-ass ratings. Clinton couldn't do that, but she tried. So you take folks like the Young Turks— on, um, you know, largely on YouTube and stuff like that, who are really, they are probably among the best objective, um, you know, media types, you know, re- reporter types I've seen. I see those so far. Um, They're progressives. But if you're, you probably will be progressive if you're objective, because, I mean, shit, you want things to move forward. Anyway. Reality has um, a liberal lean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But the thing is, though, is that they'll actually ask the tough questions to all people who arrive on their show. So Clinton, she wanted flunky isms. She wanted cronyisms in the media versus um actually you know engaging in tough questions. I mean young Turks, you know, it's kind of like um it's kind of like uh the you know the daily show young Turks is something that you know all these young like the Bernie types and all these like the really young energized activist type Democrat leaning or Democrat types are looking at and listening to. So you put yourself in front of Sink um, and you know all these other folks on on the Young Turks and yeah, make that happen. But she tried to cut these folks off and it punished her severely because the only thing she had was what the Clinton News Network and and no one. I mean and people people are beginning to see the bullshit with CNN as is like that uh that false neutrality. Yeah, people are not are not feeling that shit anymore so she needed to um she needed pedi- more of viewership number one um uh, number two and, and not try to punish actual progressives number two um listen to progressives and activists people that are reaching out to you and saying like hey what do you what, what can provides for this problem set here you know and she had no answers some of the emails that were released point out that she was a bit hostile towards black lives matter activism activism activists whatnot. not that's problematic for you because you know uh we want to vote somewhere we want to we want we as the black community we want to be involved but if we don't have a candidate that can like you know at least um invest experience and resources into solving our the problems with our communities or not um You don't deserve our vote and just because you look nice and smell nice doesn't mean that that we'll vote for you that's the way it should be we shouldn't be we should not vote for you based off of fear of the other guy that's um number three is a negative identity crisis thing um the democrats need to actually engage in their their activist identity their identity back when like the civil rights era the the jfk robert f kennedy Democrat. That's what they need to be. That Robert F. Kennedy Democrat, that's what they need to be. Did he get assassinated? Yeah, he did. But hey, there's a lot of folks put their lives on the line in these in these oil wars. So if you want to run for government, you need to perhaps understand that your life is under the same freaking threat.
2: They don't shoot at you unless you're dangerous, man.
0: Yeah. You know, um, if I can serve my time in the military, it will, like, with perhaps the pain of death somewhere, then they can do that, too, like, you know, in, in any office in Washington, D.C. Um, oh, and take conservatives more serious. Don't just sit there and laugh at them. No, actually take them serious. They are, they are, they can be a threat. Well, you know?
2: and, and I think their concerns are valid. What, what Donald Trump tapped into, if you'll, you know, bear me the the, the the space to to say what i think about that i think donald trump tapped into a very real fear that uh, the way of life for a certain a very large percentage of america is disappearing he's right about that the question is whether his answer is is correct and whether his his answers are good for um, that that segment of America, whether good for America at large, I think, um, yeah, those coal towns and those steel towns and those manufacturing towns that all you know that Donald Trump appealed to with the the the, the trade things and the the big wall and this and that, man, those are real concerns. Man, you can't just and, and I feel like Hillary Clinton dismissed those concerns. She she didn't go to West Virginia and she didn't go to Western Pennsylvania and she didn't go to Ohio and say to those people she went to the people that were already listening and said this is what we're going to do but she didn't go to west virginia and make a case to west virginia to say hey look you know the truth that donald trump says that you know the Republican Party. This is my biggest criticism economically with the Republican Party, is that they live in this world still to this day, where they believe that the right president and the right leadership is going to bring back the economy of 1955, that the right president and the right laws and the right rules are going to reopen the steel plants in Pittsburgh and they're going to reopen Detroit and they're going to remand. Those jobs are not coming back in the way that, that that they were. They're never coming back. The world changes, the economy changes. They're not coming back. And a person like hillary clinton and not necessarily hillary clinton because she's not really equipped to make this argument but the next democratic candidate who's going to succeed is going to have to go to west virginia and go to michigan and go to ohio and go to those places where where democrats have strategically and repeatedly failed and say you know what I'm sorry your steel jobs are gone. I'm sorry the carrier left Indiana. I'm sorry that Ford is building plants in Mexico instead of Detroit. But these, you know, the times are changing, and this is what we're going to do for you. I might not be able to bring your car plant back, and I might not be able to fire up the steel mill. But I can get this done, and I can bring this to this to you, and I can bring that to you. And that's what we're going to do. It's not that we want to go back to what we had before, but we want to get you something new to create a new. Future, and I'll I've been
0: I'll, I'll cut you off a bit, you know. Yeah. Long winded, and also um, the oh, no, uh, the, appeals, right. <laughs> yeah, the appeals that Donald Trump made. You know, technically he did the same thing. He talked to his own people, so to speak, when he visited out and about. I was there in Tucson when he visited um, Tucson, Arizona, um, in March. And uh, great article, by the way. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, walking to the belly of the beast. Anyway, um the things he said um had nothing to do with policy or anything like that. It was more like, Oh yeah, yeah, Tucson. That's right. Yeah, this right here is one of like a border city. Yeah, we yes, we you yes, know, God. we got you. Oh, we got you. The Mexicans this, the Mexicans that, and these Mexicans this, these Mexicans that. You know, that's what took place. Um, the uh, the, the dumb blonde chick who pointed her finger in President Obama's face, she spoke there, little ugly ass and shit. You know, she was used to be the governor of Arizona. She was there, yeah, we were, yeah. she, she was like, it's like Obama this, Obama that, Obama this. You know, fucking Muslims and you know, like all this vitriol, like this false nonsensical vitriol. That's that was what was spewed. Um, yeah. I have a video yeah. of um. There's one dude, I guess he's of Me- Mexican descent. He uh, had, like, the mariachi outfit on, and he just got out of the uh, the, the things. I got kicked out before he did, despite <laughs> the fact that I was not protesting. I uh, had a big camera. That's a, Photography is not a crime, folks. P- photography is not a crime. Anyway.
2: Uh, um, Second.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, she – I mean, the dude was, like – they're going to come out here where all the protesters are, and just going to attack folks. Like, cause he was there for the whole thing, and he felt that he felt th- like terror. Like, like these folks in there are going to come through and see these protesters outside. They want to spit on them, kick them, beat them up, like all types of shit. Cause he already saw um, Tony Petway um, attack a detained protester up in there. So, um, I'll have to say, nah, not he. he Trump's ground game was not about policy at
2: all. Oh, no, but Clinton should have been. Okay. And that's the right. argument that I make. You know, people heard what they wanted to hear out of Trump because he didn't really say anything as substance, so they were allowed to substitute their own message because they liked him because of well, the ugly things he said. But Substance is
0: maybe yeah, substance now, closer to arsenic, but yeah,
2: there's not much substance there. So people substitute their <laughs> own reality where it's missing. I know you, I know you understand that phenomenon, <laughs> you know, um, uh, but, that, and that's, uh, you know, and, and not to, not to get, it, cause I haven't, you know, Steven hasn't got to talk here, but I do want to say that one, it can't just be about strategy for Democrats. It has to be about the platform. It's time to take the platform apart and rebuild it for the 21st century And, and you know Because now we're 16 years late And it's going to be 20 years late By the time we get a chance It's time to take The platform apart Build a modern platform That doesn't just say Hey we're against What the Republicans are This is what we stand for And we're going to stand for it Like activists Not like politicians Who are willing to trade it For what we want You know I'll say and, that They don't about, even you know?
0: say that Don't say that they're against What the problem is about They say that mm-hmm. I'm not those guys over there I'm not I'm not those guys over yeah, there I'm not those guys over there they're, they're, If they were against What the that we're doing, that'll be like infinitely uh,
2: far more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what are you? But what are you? Exactly. You know, like, I'm tired of hearing what you're not. Yeah. What are you?
1: What, are Steve you? what, what your take? What do theory?
2: you stand for?
1: You know, I think I think both sides both sides of the voters and the politicians often forget that that the concerns that each each group of voters raises are, are legitimate. People don't just make up their own social struggles, their own economic struggles. They're real things. And, and indeed, Hillary Clinton does ignore them. The Democratic Party ignores a lot of them. But you have to remember, too, that Donald Trump's base here was often uneducated voters, uh, was, was a lot of the, And what do they mean by uneducated, right? Uh, you know, I, and the, the, you want to equate that with, stupid hillbillies right that didn't graduate high school but that's not really what they mean by uneducated you know the struggles these people have are real but they they don't have a lot of the the background to understand the the source and circumstances of those troubles because they live a lot of time in these small bubbles so they don't have that understanding of what's really causing this in the grand scale. And one of the things the Democratic Party ought to be doing is trying to reach out to them, to educate them, to say, no, your your economic troubles are not because mexicans are flooding the border it's not because terrorism is a huge threat in the country it's not right and trying to trying to reach out to them and say like here here's the actual reason as to why you're having these struggles and we have the solution the thing that the other people are saying that's not the real reason and here's why that's not the real reason they don't do that they tend to dismiss it out of hand as saying well they don't get it right and you need to engage with those people and find a way to educate them so they understand what those causes are
2: yeah I, I strongly agree with that you know I think the term "uneducated" educated gets taken uh, by everybody out of context it's just a way to, to 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 describe people nobody's trying to say those people are dumb they just you know you're dividing you know maybe you know maybe blue collar is a better term Mm-hmm. Because what you're really trying to describe, really describe is people who have you know degree jobs versus people who work with their hands is what you're really trying to describe here, and their angst, their you know their anxiousness and their their problems and and the and the issues of their life are different than the people who have the jobs in the office buildings and the and, and the uh, the computer rooms and the you know cubicle land it is it is a little bit different. And I, I do think that Democrats have a tendency to, to dismiss those people as not getting it rather than addressing their concerns in a, in a respectful yeah. manner. And I think they, that's they, one reason they're angry with Democrats. They already they
0: decide like- that, oh, well, these guys, they're, they're defeated for the beginning. Like, okay, these people are already going to vote Republican because they've been rep- we're voting Republican ever since the dawn of time, ever since they were sperm okay. in their dad's nutsack. No, yeah. we might as well not even go out go there. Uh, yeah, we should actually fight in all corners of the United States.
2: Yeah, you know, those people are working people and Democrats are supposed to represent working people over, you know, and then they have, and you know, while Democrats are saying, hey, we're trying to represent working people, the, the working people are calling Democrats elitist because we don't listen to them. And they're in the right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the elitist part, but they're right that we don't listen to them.
0: All right. So with that being said, um. What was some final thoughts on this uh, on this whole thing here. What you got? Uh, what you got, Tim? Got keep it short too. But yeah,
2: yeah, man. I you know I think you said it best when you said, "Man, we got to stop campaigning out of the other guy. Um, that's that can't be what it's about. You know, stop telling me what what the other person. You know, the more you tell me about what the other person is, the more I know about them. That's <laughs> that's not very effective. Uh, you know, I think it's time to uh, to rebuild a platform. That's something I hope to to kind of be. You know, as I, you know, I, I'd like to continue. You know, I'm mean, continue writing, continue speaking. Maybe, maybe we can affect that platform a little bit. And I think it can't just be all about cynical um, political strategy: how to win this block of voters, how to win that block of voters. Man, it, if we're ever going to unite this nation and 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 live out the the true meaning of our creed as as the great. You know, as, as the great Doctor King said, if we're ever going to, to to live up to our potential as a people, we have to do it together. We can't we can't be or and man, you know, to to tip my hat to to President Obama, we can't be a red state America and a blue state America. Somebody has to decide that this is going to be America for Americans, and then be the people who actually follow through with that instead of just trying to fool fifty one percent of the people on one day in November.
0: Okay. All right, um, Steve. What's your t- What's your last word on this?
1: Yeah, it's sim- similar idea. The, you know, the the progressive, ad- a, a more left progressive agenda needs to be set for the Democratic Party, and the people in the party need to support that from a from a moral standpoint, because that's that's what it is. Everybody talks about it being politics, but when you're talking about helping people raise up to to improve their standard of living, to create diversity and acceptance in a country, those are moral issues in in a lot of ways, and you need to get. <clears throat> that type of agenda push through that way you get that longevity that way it's not about getting uh, voter blocks from cycle to cycle and it's and you look at it more like what it is a generational struggle to improve lives and that message because that's what the democratic party was about before but it's not that anymore right it needs to be about improving lives for the future and they need to go back to that message
0: i'll have to agree so um yeah, my my word has been already spoken, so uh let y'all have that last word. So I'll say that it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. And before you leave, if you like what you heard, click like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you go for your podcast. Do not let this be the last time we hear from you. Or you hear from us. Follow us on Facebook, Sapio File. If you want to be heard, you can always leave a voice message at two zero two eight five four 1996 two zero two eight five four 854 1996 three minutes of fame will be aired on the next show all right with well, that being said this is uh the badass bookworm steve james kentucky tim tim d my soul brother number more of a kind signing out peace